Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Froth here. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. We made it. Another Hump Day blogorama. Thanks for checking out the Thought Eater podcast here. If it's your first time listening, it's basically a weekly show where I talk about various cool things that I spotted over the week on different RPG blogs. There is a companion blog post up for these shows over on my blog. It is froth, sofdnd.blogspot.com, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. So if you're driving, listen to this, you know, don't try to write this stuff down while you're driving. It's all handy dandy, ready for you over on the blog if you want to check it out. There is a ton of cool stuff to get to this week, so I'm going to get right to it. All right, so uh, as always, I'm going to start with uh, talking about some RPG maps. Now, usually I'll talk about, you know, professional cartographers or really amazing maps, you know, pro stuff, uh, published people or people with Patreons and these kind of things, but doing something a little different today. Because over at uh, Goblin's Henchman, that's Goblin's Henchman, Henchman, singular, goblinshenchman.wordpress.com put up a post called 1988 Dungeon. And what is cool about this is it is one of the dungeons this person made back in 88 when, when they were a teen. And it's got a free PDF up. And I'm t- I put the uh, image of the map up on, on the blog so you can check it out definitely want to download this whenever somebody puts up something from their you know that they made when they were younger like you know their, their early days of the hobby i, I love this stuff um pro- almost probably as much as i like you know pro- professional new stuff really because i love seeing how different people played it and if you don't get a wave of nostalgia just washing over you looking at this map then <clears throat> uh then i guess you weren't playing back in the 80s because uh uh, you know, I wish that I'd, you know, I, I don't know. No one really has the foresight to save stuff, you know, a lot of stuff when they're they're younger. But this reminds me of stuff I wish that I'd saved. Like uh, one thing I always end up wishing I'd saved is my first Marvel superheroes character sheet. I had this character called Top Hat, and the whole thing was uh, it wasn't a mutant. It was like a a human that used gadgets and whatever, but it he wore like a tuxedo and he had like a cane and a hat that were, you know, he could use his weapons or whatever. But you know, all that stuff is lost to the garbage heaps of time. But uh, luckily for us over at Goblins Henchman dot WordPress dot com, you can download this 1988 dungeon and just uh, kind of relive the glory days. Checking out this awesome map. Love it. Uh, the other, th- another thing I wanted to talk about is over at Akratic Wizardry, A-K-R-A-T-I-C Wizardry.blogspot.com. They put a post up. I, I don't get Amazon Prime. I, I get Netflix and Hulu, and I'm tempted to buy into other things, but then pretty soon it's like you're paying for cable again. So I'll actually hook up Sling TV around football season, keep it just uh, for football season, but... This is tempting me to get Amazon Prime because uh, there's a TV series coming out. Well, 
first, let me put it to you this way. What would you consider the most iconic fantasy map of all time? So, I would give you points if you said the Darlene Greyhawk map, but no, the most iconic, I think most people would agree, is the J.R.R. Tolkien Middle Earth map. I remember distinctly, I believe it was 1983, so I don't think it was 83, but I remember distinctly seeing the Return of the King cartoon on TV. I guess it's Rankin Bass or whatever. And uh, at that time, I had records. I had to have like read-along storybooks and, and whatever, and I got a <clears throat> Return of the King soundtrack record um, that I would listen to. There was some kind of like orc fight section. <clears throat> where Frodo and Sam were encountered orcs or whatever. I'd listen to that little snippet over and over. But anyway, I remember going to the library at my school and looking at the Hobbit and, um, at least I believe it was the Hobbit because looking at the map that was there in the book. And I can't even think of how many thousands of people, hundreds of thousands have been expired, inspired by the, the map, well, um, over to Craddock Wizardry, they mentioned the this upcoming Middle-Earth television series on Amazon Prime with a young Aragorn. And so, at least that's what the speculation is. I guess there's not a lot of details. But what's cool is they've already got out on the Amazon website uh, a Middle-Earth map. And it's made to look aged and everything. And you can explore it, download it. Uh, and that kind of thing. So I put up a look at, link of the image and then a link to the Acratic Wizardry blog as well as the Amazon uh, Middle Earth map. So that looks really awesome. God, they're going to make some money on that. You know what I'm saying? So check that out. And then in keeping with doing a little something different on the map front today, I put up some posts from over at the 9 and 30 Kingdoms blog. It's not the number 9 and number 30 kingdoms.blogspot.com it's been a cool series over the last week um, about kind of town mapping town and city generation and uh, the first one is the the sketchbox dice tool which is kind of a one sheet town and city generator and kind of instructions on how to use it and then uh, the the subsequent posts add in a town and city block tool about um, arranging your city blocks and stuff like that. So I haven't dove too, you know, too deeply into it, but I intend to. And I thought I would go ahead and mention this because it just came out, you know, just getting put up this week. But if you like uh, kind of city generators and little tools to generate towns and cities, um, it's links to download uh, the PDFs of the stuff and, and how to use it. And I think it's cool because I, I like, you know, random generation of things or unusual generations, even if I'm just doing it, you know, for fun and it's not something I'd use in my game. I've, I've, I've generated stuff like this just for the, you know, the fun of it. See what you come up with. See if you get some ideas. So I thought that was really cool. So uh, it's three links in a row there over on the uh, Thought Eater blog, but the uh, nine and 30kingdoms.blogspot.com 
uh, stuff on town and city generation generating that. So thought you'd like that. All right. So a few different blogs put up, uh, some different stuff. It's like not blog related, you know, videos, lists, stuff like this. So I'm putting this all under the heading of mixed media. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is uh, the Zodani the Zodani base website. This is a trailer site, um, and the actual website is Zodani dot space z h o d a n i dot space. They've got a link up to a uh, twelve episode traveler video, learning to play the traveler RPG. So, if you've always wanted to play it, or just wanted to figure out the mechanics, or it passed you by back in the day and you're wanting to check it out. There's all kinds of good, uh, traveler stuff, um, on the site, by the way, but, uh, this was something that caught my eye this week. So you want to watch some videos, learn how to play a traveler. I would go check that out. Also, I've mentioned Moti's work over at the tabletop bellhop website before, but you go over to tabletopbellhop.com. This uh, week, he was reaching out to people to add to his master list of tabletop gaming podcasts. So this is a uh, list, maybe 100 or more different gaming podcasts. Uh, you can filter them down by actual play podcasts, ones on board games and card games and dice games, RPGs. And if you've got a, you, you look at the list and your podcast isn't on there, you just leave them a, it's a living document, a living site, so you just give him a post and he'll, he'll add it on there. So if you're uh, looking to check out some new podcasts, don't know where to start. If you want to look for a, look at a list of a bunch at once with some ability to kind of filter them down, I would definitely go over to tabletopbellhop.com and check out that giant list of gaming podcasts. Now, uh, Diogo Nogueira, who is known for RPGs, uh, such as, uh, solar blades and cosmic spells. That's one I see lots of people pumping up and talking about recently. Um, it looks awesome. Kind of a space opera looking deal. Um, I need to get myself a copy of that. Um, see a lot of people talking about that one. Also got one upcoming. I know he's working on uh, dark streets and darker secrets. It looks cool. Um, I think that's going to be more kind of a modern day, sort of uh, sort of thing, but I don't know much information about it. Yeah, I'm following him on Twitter and checking his stuff out. So uh, anyway, put up a real handy list over at his Old Sculling blog. It's Old Skull, I-N-G, oldsculling.blogspot.com. Go over there and check out this list he put up. It's really helpful RPG books on Lulu. I, man, I love Lulu. I mean, some people, I guess, prefer to put their stuff up for sale on drive through but as far as for the actual customer, I much prefer Lulu. Um, they often will have a free shipping coupon that comes out, even in conjunction with other um, discounts. So you just can't beat the price. You can't, because I'll order like 12 things and get it all for, shipped for free. So you'd save a ton of money. The other thing you can do is print your own stuff on there. So there's plenty of stuff that I've got that's way out of print uh, that you can't even buy on the third-party market. You know, you can't even find, you know, a rip-off 
$500 copy of it. So I'll make myself some prints on there, print my own stuff on there. I love Lulu. Anyway, uh, Diogo put up a, a cool list uh, that's got all kinds of neat, neat stuff. Yeah, it's got his stuff, Sharp Sword, Sinister Spells, plus the Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. Want to check that out. A whole bunch of core books, a whole bunch of settings, adventures. There's some really good stuff on Lulu if y'all haven't checked it out. Uh, I can give you tons of, I mean, th this has some really good stuff. The D30 DM Companion, D30 Sandbox Companion, the Gong Fong Farmer's Almanac stuff, uh, Wizards, Mutants, Laser Pistols, Zines, all kinds of stuff. So if you're like going to Lulu and not finding the search features very helpful, and want a list of a ton of cool OSR stuff in one place, go over to oldsculling.blogspot.com and check out that list that uh, Diogo put up, and then check out his games too. Also, on the uh, mixed media front, uh, Kyrule Hisham, who's somebody I have followed on um, social media for a while, has a website, Hish Graphics, H-I-S-H Graphics, Dot com and put up a, a post uh, archiving all these Star Wars minis, uh, paper minis um, that uh, that Kyrule did. So I, I really think Star Wars is one of those games I really prefer to have minis, even if I'm not like you know getting too in detail about distances or, or that kind of thing. It's just there. The iconic images, I think it helps for immersion and play, um, and just as fun. So it's got everything, stormtroopers, Jedi, droids, everything. Um, and it's a bunch of, of uh, different po posts all under the heading of paper minis. So I've got that handy dandy for you over on the site. Go over and check that out, and uh, really talented artist, and uh, really awesome tools for you to use in your Star Wars game, so um, check that out. So uh, one thing that <clears throat> blogs, one thing I love about blogs is when people do different series on things, so it'll be more than one blog, you know, blogs in a series on some subject or topic or exploring something, and um, there were several of these that caught my eye this week that I wanted to highlight. One is uh, over at the Geek Ken website. It's geek, G-E-E-K-K-E-N, geekken.wordpress.com. Uh, geek Ken over there has started a series on painting miniatures. Now, I'm terrible at painting minis. Um, uh, anything with too much man, man, uh, manual dexterity. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I play the drums like rock on the drums but anything with fine fine detail you know i got big fingers so um i've got one mini that i i painted uh it was like a metal mini and i don't even have the like the tiny little brushes to do it justice so it's just it's kind of funny to look at it's one i'll bring around though um to games but anyway if you're wanting to get more into painting minis and kind of learning along with someone who self-describes themselves as, um, you know, having been into it for a while, but not being, you know, having super high skills and wanting to kind of learn along and go along with a series on painting minis. Um, 
says we'll cover the basis and touch on big three techniques of painting and stuff like that. So I thought this was cool. And if you're into painting minis or that's something you wanted to get into, um, this could be a good series for you. So go over to geekken.wordpress.com and check that out. Another uh, series I wanted to talk about this is over at the 6d6rpg.com site. So it's it's the numbers 6, so 6d6rpg.com. Uh, there's been a series of posts coming out called the uh, the Highmore Dungeon Expo series, and this is really cool. I love when stuff is framed. Fantasy stuff is kind of framed sort of real life, and what I mean by that is, for example, like the old Volo uh, Volo books for uh, Forgotten Realms where it's like a travel guide. So it's kind of like a modern-looking travel guide that you could buy, but it's, it's actually set in the Forgotten Realms and it's like Volo. Volo's highlights, you know, be sure and check out this restaurant or whatever. So here, um, this is treating magic items. I thought this was a really cool idea. Uh, basically like there's an expo, the Highmore Dungeon Expo, where the new magic items are all getting shown off. So, um, the, the fake character is, let's see here. Oh yeah, the reporter Aurora Valentine showing off the best and hottest new magic items from this year's Highmore Dungeon Expo. So it's a series, uh, I think like eight or nine are up right now. Uh, and so you get some cool cool magic items. And um, uh, But I thought the the really cl clever thing was to phrase it as if you're, you go to this uh, you know Dungeon Expo and and see the new magic items. So if you're playing like a high magic game or a gonzo type game or even uh, sci-fi or something like that, I thought it was a cool idea you could use, you know, all the characters end up at the, uh, the dungeon expo or something. So go over to 66rpg.com and check out the dungeon expo posts. Uh, the Alexandrian is a pretty well-known site. Justin Alexander's work over there. I know that uh, anytime someone mentions hex crawls, it seems like, um, Justin's work comes up, um, really, uh, almost academic in some ways, uh, reading Justin's stuff, um, well, really well done, well thought out, um, in contrast to say, listening to the Thought Eater podcast, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, a while back, maybe a month and a half ago, something like that, um, Justin did a review of Dragon Heist, the book, and it was, was not um, kind of like the premise, I think, but it was kind of critical of the, the flow of it, um, found some kind of holes in it, and you know, just didn't give it a great review, and has been doing this post-series now called the Dragon Heist Remix, where Justin has kind of gutted and ref, uh, you know, reframed and twisted the adventure and made it into something kind of something different. So if you're getting ready to run Dragon High, see, the good thing for me is I haven't run it. I've, I've got the book. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, down the line, maybe doing a water deep thing with this in the uh, Mad Mage uh, Yawning Portal Undermountain Mega Dungeon. And so I'm glad that this is out there because I'll get to read through all these and see if it's um, if it's a better way or if I want to use some of this 
in there. So if you're if you're running Dragon Heist or getting ready to run it, uh, you might want to see a completely different, well written, well thought out uh, series on how to remix it. So the Dragon Heist remix uh, series over at the Alexandrian. That's the Alexandrian dot net. Uh, check that out. Let's see. And then there was one more series. Oh yeah. I like this one a lot too. Over at the Acorn Afloat blog, it's Acorn, A-C-O-R-N-A-F-L-O-A-T, acornafloat.blogspot.com. There's been an ongoing series for uh, Monster Manual Haiku. And so uh, basically picking out uh, a different monster from the Monster Manual and, uh, <laughs> and doing a haiku on it. And some of these are just freaking hilarious. Like the baboon, one half pacifist, one half indeterminism, red ass waves goodbye. <laughs> so a lot of them are a little abstract. You got to kind of think about them. Uh, let me see what some other, fun oh, but the basilisk, little dragon king, you shun your own reflection. No glasses for you. Oh, let's see another one. All right, the giant beetle, hungry moving house, elemental or common. We gather feces. So a lot of these are brilliant, uh, really brilliant. Shows a strong sense of humor from the author over at Acorn Afloat. So if you want some some laughter and a really great series, something different, check out the AD&D Monster Manual as Haiku over at acornafloat.blogspot.com. Yeah, so I've talked before too about, you know, blogs. You know, one thing you see... Look, reading the blogs all these weeks now, you know, reading over like every single blog almost, or at least looking at it, you see, you know, a lot of it is stuff that I can't necessarily use on the show because it's maybe just a short snippet or a couple sentences and it's referencing something else and it doesn't make sense. It's just like one thing to, to, to show. Um, but I, another thing that I see a ton of is obviously people talking about their own campaign settings. So you, that's probably more than anything else what you'll see. And then the other thing you see probably the most of is different kind of house rules and variants and, you know, twists on existing rules and these kind of things. So with so much of it out there, you know, I've mentioned before, some of it's not for me. I think a lot of people are already kind of, you know, locked into how they like to run stuff. But, you know, you can occasionally find something you want to use or at least a good idea or something you can make you know something worth talking about or a different twist on something and there were a few different variants this week that i saw that i thought i'd talk about that i thought were pretty cool like uh, martin o's counterspell mechanics over at goodberry monthly so this is goodberrymonthly.blogspot.com martin o put up a post called counterspell and this is basically giving a um like anytime you get a crit on a save, like you roll a d20, regardless of class, so this, even fighters or, or uh, barbarians or whatever, if you're using races class, it's got like a chart for everything, monks, sorcerers, warlocks, everything. It's It triggers a counter spell if you roll a, a 20. So, um, so if you roll a critical hit, each class has their own counter spell thing. So... Um, like a fighter would kind of bat a spell back at the sender somehow, or um, another 
class like an elf on a crit could absorb the spell and be able to cast it themselves later so it's these kind of different like mechanics triggered on uh really high saving throws so i thought this was really a really cool idea and for certain games could be something uh that i would i would find fun so um go over to goodberrymonthly.blogspot.com and check out the uh, counterspell mechanics there from martin o also let's see yeah uh this was another post um at damon or diamond games d-a-i-m-o-n dash games.blogspot.com this person generally does a lot of stuff uh related to lamentations of the flame princess but a number of their posts are good because they'll, they'll put up l several links within the post so uh, and that's no different here. There's a post called Saving Throw Ideas, and it's got several links within the post about saving throws compared throughout rule sets. I proposed D6 saving throw for Lamentations of the Flame Princess. That's kind of based on the D6 skills thing. It links to some uh, talk about saving throws over at the Necropraxis blog, some stuff from the old Grognardia blog. And so if you're wanting to look at, think about some different um, saving throw mechanics, tweaking them, twisting them, comparing them to, from system to system, things like that, uh, I thought this was a pretty comprehensive, good post. So if you're wanting to, you know, you're pondering how to do saving throws in your game, your home game, or writing a game or whatever, go over to Damon, D-A-I-M-O-N-Games.blogspot.com, check out those variant saving throw ideas. And then back to the old sculling blog, uh, Diogo Nogueira's um, blog that I already mentioned once. Um, put up a cool post, a uh, variant post, quick new way to generate attributes making it a game. And the idea here is that um, you roll 3d6, you know, for D&D, you're rolling 3d or OSR, whatever. Rolling 3d6 down the line, but you can re-roll one die of every roll. But you must keep the second result, no matter if it's higher or lower than the other one. So you can kind of choose, uh, kind of mentions making it like a little micro game within a game. But I didn't think this was that bad of a variant. And it's one of those things where it's like, how many ways can you roll up a character? It's like, it seems like it would all be done. I usually, it depends on the system. Like in my latest game, knowing that knowing how it was going to be, I let them do 46, drop the lowest, but the last several games before that, it's just been 3d6 in order, but I wanted them to be able to maybe qualify for some different, um, AD and D classes and 3d6 in order. There's virtually no chance you're going to be able to play a paladin ranger or any of that kind of stuff. Um, even with 46 drop the lowest, we only had one character be able to qualify for anything different anyway uh, but i digress but i thought that was an interesting idea you know you roll the 3d6 you can re-roll one die but have to keep the second result so there's a little risk there but you can maybe push it you can maybe end up better a little bit worse i don't think it's game breaking at all so um you know just when you think there's nothing new under the sun somebody comes up with a different way to roll characters so go over to oldsculling.blogspot.com Check out a quick new way to generate attributes, making it a game. So if you follow uh, OSR or RPGs really in general, um, you've probably noticed the Kickstarter zine quest thing that's going on right now. 
a bunch of people participating in this and uh, man it's awesome I, I backed several can't back them all but i've backed a lot probably back six or seven of them so far but throughout the month of february these have been going up and um i've thought i'd go i needed to go ahead and just put this up because some of the ones that uh, kick-started right at the beginning of february are about to fund so this is something kind of timely you want to check out now i've talked about dungeons and possums <clears throat> before over at the dungeonspossums.blogspot.com blog <clears throat> put up a great series on uh, that can kind of help you look at the different zines that are being offered. Um, I think it's three parts so far. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Go and definitely check that out. Uh, there's some that are really cool. Like uh, there's one about like grandmothers saving the world, where the stretch goal or part of the goal is like the guy's gonna get his grandmother to to kiss the DM screen. So, <laughs> and it just seems kind of funny. But some weird stuff. Uh, back to another one that's about you know bringing aliens into your um, you know old school D and D game, and um, there's a mothership um, adventure and a bunch of cool stuff. So uh, it was really good work from Dungeons and Possums to put this all together to make it easier to look through it all. But uh, act now because it's already the 27th and. Some of the stuff, I think the first one I backed, that Mothership one, is going to be done on the 2nd of March. So you don't have too much time, so get over to dungeonspossums.blogspot.com. Check out the Zine Quest stuff and spend some money. Alright, so I've been thinking this week about how to approach this one. But uh, look, if there was a Blogger Hall of Fame, right, I would put... Consumterra, a.k.a. Chris Tams, Elf Maids, and Octopi on the first ballot to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think there is... I think Consumterra is a genius. The most underrated OSR uh, designer right now. And it's criminal how underrated they are. And so this whole segment, I'm going to be trying to talking to you guys a little bit about elf maids and octopi and it's elf maids and octopi.blogspot.com and look i can see how they are underrated because i did not give it credit or recognize the genius for years and years and years and so i can understand why other people maybe haven't um appreciated it either and i'm hoping that this segment We'll maybe change that, turn some heads there, uh, turn some heads to Chris's Patreon. Uh, one of the mo most uh, celebrated uh, settings right now is the Yoon Soon setting. That part of that is, you know, the setting has developed a lot of it through random tables. So, all right, so take Yoon Soon and then, you know, what. What's happening over at Elf Maids and Octopi is basically a hundred thousand Yunsoons, maybe a million Yunsoons. So we're talking about a whole different language of OSR design going on, where you have everything implied by the random tables. Very little regular text and everything else implied by the random tables. And I think this is part, kind of part of why I missed it. You know, maybe it's, uh, 
down to uh, short attention spans or something, but you just read one random table and don't, you know, it doesn't read like regular literature, so you don't just keep reading. Well, if you do keep reading, you start to see more and more what gets implied by it, and it's a whole different language uh, that Chris is working in that is uh, genius, is all I can tell you. You want to talk prolific? I mean, I think in one month there were like 270 posts. Think about that for a minute. You might not have 270 posts on your blog over, you know, 10 years or, you know, over five, 10 years. Um, we're talking about unbelievable productivity. Unbelievable. Mine doesn't work like mine. Just doesn't. Not like most people's. Because even some of the things that just get kind of thrown out on here, they would be things that I would spend a lot of time going around social media talking about, hey, look at this, look at this. I spent all this time on this. To, on, on Elf Maids and Octopi, it's just another day. It's unbelievable. Like even if you tried to, I'm sure everybody's done their own random tables. You maybe do a D, D20 table or whatever. And they're pretty good up until around 13 or 14. And then you're kind of just trying to think of something else. There's no shortage of imagination or ideas here. Um, probably just uh, when Chris falls asleep is, you know, when 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 they stop thinking about it because uh, it's un. I mean, to demonstrate it, and I know I'm probably not doing a good job of talking about it, but if you hear the excitement and seriousness in my voice about it, I want you to go check it out. I've got a link to the blog. I've got a link to their downloads. And then I put up a couple of Google Drive files because there's, you know, man, I'll, I'll just download PDFs that people put up reflexively. And I've got, I probably haven't read 90% of the stuff I've downloaded over the years. I mean, in fact, it may be more. And so some of the stuff I would just download, Hey, cool, free download it. Don't even check it out. You know, well, a couple of these links are for a shadal port. This is just one of the many, many settings that Chris has put up and it's, you know, it's this Island shadal port, exile Island, horrible city setting for magic elf games. This is just an example I'm giving y'all. So it's a few pages of text talking about the Island and then it's like 75 or 70 pages of random tables, D100 tables. It is unbelievable. Most recent stuff is this kind of Gamma World D&D mashup set in Australia where Chris is from called Gamma Oz. And I put up a recent post, Structures of the Apocalypse Part 4. The reason I put that post up, it's the most recent kind of one in the Gamma Oz series that has got all of the different links to what Chris has been doing on this Gamma Oz setting. Well, they've got Mesopotamian settings, Planet Psychon, all kinds of, I mean, endless settings. I, I can't even tell you guys how incredible the productivity is here. But you go through and it's got encounters, the apocalypse structures, bunker problems, failed utopias, the Silvertown areas, rumors, encounters, all about Gamma Oz, the settings, the maps. Um, uh, just the encounter tables is unbelievable. And the more you let yourself read it, the more you let your, your mind kind of get into this and you're reading it, all of the kind of detail 
all the kind of setting detail that most things would put into, you know, traditional text, it all starts coming to you from the tables. Now, this is all to say nothing of the awesome artwork. It's just different. It's just incredible. We've got, you know, if you've already recognized this, more power to you. But I'm telling y'all, we have in the OSR a genius that's been hiding in plain sight for years. All right, so I'm putting this together. I just listened back to that last segment. I know I might sound a little little raving, a little crazed there, but um, it's my honest opinion, so I'm just going to leave it as is. One thing I would say, though, is a minor correction. I said 270 posts in a month. Obviously, that's that's not right. It's 270 in a year. It was actually one year, 289 in a year, which is still far and away, considering it's actual real content and not just like a news blurb or a couple of sentences or something. I mean, 21 January, 25 February, 28 March, 27 April, 31 in May. That's every day. 30 in November, 19. I mean, solid, solid work. So while I misspoke, the point is the same. The productivity is unbelievable. So I'm hoping I got through on that. If I sound a little rambly or whatever, it is what it is. I'm passionate about this stuff, and I really want people to go check out Elf Maids and Octopus. So that's it. A um, couple things in closing here. Uh, Alex Schroeder, a few weeks ago, I was talking about how to find cool blogs. Well, they do the, uh, Alex does the campaign wiki, uh, had one for OSR and had one for indie games. Well, Alex put up one now that's all combined, campaignwiki.org forward slash RPG. So you got the OSR and the indie flavor all combined in one kind of swirly ice cream of blogs. Um, it's also got one of those OPML files you can download and up, you know, put it in your reader. I've got one. I've got the Feedly reader, uh, so I've got both the one from Save vs. Total Party Kill and now the CampaignWiki.org RPG one in there. So if you want another way to read blogs and you like, you know, you like indie and you like OSR, you like it mixed together, check that out. Also, a few weeks ago, I was talking about Dyson Logos, awesome monster manual stuff. Since that post, there's been another four, I think, uh, more posts about that. So I've got all four of those up on the the Thought Eater blog. Definitely be following Dyson Logos, but I felt like uh, since I just talked about that recently, and there's been four more, I put those up so you can find them really easy. The other thing I always like to mention is, you know, this is just a sliver of what's going on. If you want, if you're totally OSR focused and you want to see more about releases, Kickstarters, more detail, something much more comprehensive, always go over to dreamsofmythicfantasy.blogspot.com. Check out James Smith's blog. Does a weekly review of OSR stuff. Back his Patreon. It's only like three bucks a month, and that's a ton of work. Uh, and something that really helps the community out. So anyway, sheesh, what a show, some awesome stuff out there. What can I tell you? I mean, been excited about it. Now it's over and I'll start reading them again and try to figure out some more cool stuff for next week. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, obviously if you got the anchor app, Call and leave me a message. Look, if you're into the Chris Tam stuff, 
And you want to tell me, God, Frost, you idiot. You haven't noticed that before? Call in. Call me an idiot. <laughs> uh, so leave me a message on Anchor. Or you can email me, frothsoft, froth, S-O-F, at gmail.com. <clears throat> Find me on Twitter. Join Twitter in January. I'm trying to scavenge up some some friends on there. Frothsoft on Twitter. Check out the blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Uh, next podcast you'll be hearing from me is Five Minute Friday. Got something in mind for you guys. Uh, I'm calling it the Unknown Clones. So for a few Fridays, I'm going to mention some of these OSR games that just never clicked or never caught on or never get talked about. The Unknown Clones. Stuff that you can check out and find uh, that uh, maybe... Uh, has gone under the radar from there on Sundays. You can always hear my night below campaign recap whenever we play. So we are on schedule to play Saturday. So that'll be up Sunday. And then the whole thing starts back over again next week with the hump day bloggerama. I really appreciate you listening, whoever you are. I've gotten a lot of nice messages, people resharing stuff, people commenting and uh, letting me know they enjoy it. Obviously, the real stars are these folks doing these awesome blog posts. So bookmark their blogs, make comments, thank them for their work, support them, and uh, blog yourself, you know, be part of it. And I'll talk to you all next time.